0: Look at verse number 18 tonight of Proverbs 17, and uh, if you still need wisdom tonight, let's all raise our hand, amen, amen. I don't want to force you into anything, but I think we all still need wisdom. Look at verse number 18, the Bible says, a man void of understanding striketh hands and become a surety in the presence of his friend. A man void of understanding striketh hands and become a surety in the presence of his of his friend. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, Lord, we sure are grateful tonight, uh, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we do are thankful tonight that, Lord, when we got saved, Lord, we got eternal life. We experienced grace. We experienced mercy. Lord, we responded to your love and your goodness in our life. But Lord, not just everything that we've experienced now, but Lord, there are some things, God, that we are now entitled to. Because of your grace and mercy, because of what you did for us, we are now joint heirs. Lord, we are. We have been promised a place in heaven. Lord, you've prepared a mansion for us. And Lord, we, we know, Lord, the, the place that we're headed to is a place that is beyond compare, beyond comprehension. It is a place, Lord, that in our finite minds, Lord, we can't even grasp the, the reality of it, how wonderful it's going to be. But Lord, that doesn't stop us from enjoying it, and Lord, and thinking about it. And I pray, Lord, tonight you'd work on our hearts. So we ask you tonight, Lord, we've, as we've asked you just about every Wednesday now, Lord, we sure do need wisdom. Lord, we stand in need of it every hour. We stand in need of it every day of our life. Lord, we cannot make it and we cannot successfully live the Christian life absent of your wisdom. And I pray, Lord, tonight, you would you open up our hearts, open up our ears. Lord, from the pulpit down tonight, God, would you help us to listen on purpose. God, knowing that, Lord, you not just provided the means for us to get here, not just provided a place for us to get here, but, God, you have prepared a message for each and every one of us. I pray, Lord, tonight you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. God, would you eat me out of myself, fill me with the Spirit of God, and use me for your glory. Lord, I just simply want to be a mouthpiece that is used to bring glory and honor to your name. Lord, I sure do love you, and I sure am grateful tonight for what you're doing. God, what we're preparing to do. God, we're excited to serve you, to live for you. God, And what what a life I get to live as a Christian. Lord, I sure am grateful, God, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Now, last week we introduced you to three men, uh, some that we've met, or th- really three hearts is probably a better way to say it. And last week we 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 talked about the wicked heart, and then we talked there is an unlearned heart, and then there is a wise heart. And last week we looked at that wicked heart, right? We we realized, we, and we 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 looked at verse number three last night as a as a reminder that we are to prove our hearts not by each other, not by the pastor, but allow the word of God to run its test in our life. And the word of God will determine whether our heart is wicked, whether it's unlearned, or whether it's wise. And I know that some of you did that last week. Why? How do you know that, preacher? Because you let me know. You, you came up to me and you said, preacher, it seemed like you were plowing down my road. Or that message crawled all over me, and you say, "Well, preacher, uh, did you know something? Did you get some special insight? Did, did God say preach that message for so and so?" No, I've just we've just been plugging away in the Book of Proverbs, and God is a sovereign God, and He knows how to line messages up exactly when. When he, you ever walked into church and God had the message for you for the hour, and you're thinking, "How in the world the preach? How did the preacher know that?" I don't. I learned in Bible college that even if I did know that it's foolish of me to try to preach a message specifically for a person to get. Because nine times out of ten, you come here and say, this message is for so so-and-so, they ain't even going to be here. <laughs> or they'll be there and they'll be the one amening you the whole time. Like, no, this is for you. <laughs> and what, So preacher, what works? Just follow in the spirit of God. Allowing God to lead. And so we looked at that wicked heart last night and the reality is it's not that I plowed your row and it's not that I crawled all over you. The word of God does, did what the word of God does tonight. Hebrews 4.12, we talked about it last week. It's still true for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the thoughts, or excuse me, the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And last week, as we talked about the wicked heart, God got down in some of our hearts, didn't he? And we would not never stand up and publicly say, but God began to deal with There's aspects of that wicked heart in our life. And I'm hoping tonight, as God dealt with you, that you didn't just tell him thank you, but rather you listened as he dealt with you and said, all right, Lord, I need the solution. I need the help. God, would you give me the wisdom that I need? And so tonight, we're gonna step off from the wicked heart to the next heart. We're gonna look at it tonight, it is the und Learned heart. Look at verse number 17, verse number 18. Nine. It says, a man void of understanding. That phrase void means to be lacking. Something is missing from this heart and it is knowledge, right? It is understanding. It is an unlearned heart. Now, before we get too spiritually high tonight, we must remember this is where we all begin. This is where we all start Not just in the Christian life, but really in life in general. Matter of fact, the Bible says the natural man comprehendeth not the things of God. Those things which are spiritual, the natural man does not understand. And I don't know how it was when you got saved, but I know when I got saved, I didn't know everything. There was a lot of things I still had to learn, and there's still a lot of things I have to learn tonight. And we, but we all start at that even place of being unlearned. We are, we are, ignorant to a sense. Now I don't think any of us will stand up and say preacher, I want to let you know I'm ignorant. Right cuz that just doesn't sound right, but the reality is that's where we all begin. We see it in natural life, right? If you've raised kids, you got to tell them, "Hey, don't touch that oven when it's red, that means it's hot." Why do you have to tell them? Because of their ignorance. They don't know any better. They need to learn. And so this is where we all begin tonight. But it is not where we all should stay. In essence, tonight, we are to grow in the Christian life. We are to grow in the knowledge and the understanding of God and His Word tonight. But we see here tonight that we do have the possibility, right, to stay ignorant, even though that is not what God desires for our life. You say, but preacher, the saying isn't ignorance is bliss, ignorance is bliss. But can I, can I refute that tonight, that knowledge is powerful? And that knowledge is a blessing to know what the Lord desires tonight. Take your Bibles real quick. Turn to Proverbs chapter number 2, verses 9 through 11. The Bible says, Thou shalt understand a righteousness in judgment, in equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom enter into thy heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. In essence tonight, you can be ignorant if you want to, but I want to learn. I want, I want to know what God would have me to understand, because I know sooner or later, ignorance is no longer going to be bliss. We also know that ignorance, according to the law, ignorance is no excuse of the law. I want to know, now, in essence not you cannot live the Christian life through ignorance. It takes knowledge and understanding tonight, but we're gonna see here tonight that there is a possibility of you and I to live and to to act in a way, a void of understanding. We make decisions not based on understanding. We base them on, well, whatever feels good, whatever seems right. I hope this works, I think it may or may not work. We're just gonna try, right? But we're gonna see tonight there's three realities of an unlearned heart or a heart That is lacking knowledge. Notice number one tonight, an unlearned heart lacks discernment. An unlearned heart lacks discernment. Look at verse number 27 tonight of Proverbs 17. The Bible said, he that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understandings of an excellent spirit, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Now, we also see in verse number 24 that a man who lacks, or a person that lacks understanding, also fails to discern what is right before them. Look at verse 24. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding. And we looked at this verse last week, but the eyes of the four and in the end of the earth. So a man who has understanding understands that right before them is a source of wisdom. See, we're living in a generation where people are concerned, what should I do? How shall I do this? And oftentimes, we neglect the one secure and sure source we have, which is the word of God for somebody else's opinion, for a Facebook poll, for popularity. What does so-and-so say? What does this author say? What do they say? Instead of going to the source and saying, God, what do you say? We fail to realize if our heart lacks understanding or it's unlearned, it fails to recognize what is right before it. They overlook wisdom, not realizing it is literally in front of them, sitting right there for the taking. It's kind of like me. (laughs) You can ask anybody that lives with me, don't send me to look for anything because I'm not going to find it. (laughs) I will look all around I know there's a ketchup bottle in my fridge somewhere. I just can't find it. (laughs) Go to this room, find this. I'm thinking, it's not in here. Just to find out it was. (laughs) And that I literally walked right over it (laughs) and looked right at it. It wasn't there when I was in there. Someone came in after me, put it in there. But an unlearned heart doesn't discern not just what is before it, neither does it discern what is within them. Right? They don't understand the value in the weight of their words. It's interesting as we go through the book of Pro. you're going to see these in different aspects or different sides of it tonight. And we could easily, not necessarily easily, in a lengthy study, look at this all together one time. But I'm kind of enjoying it as we go step by step. But we're going to see tonight that when it comes to an unlearned heart, we are seeing an instant tell. An instant, an instant side of an unlearned heart is they don't know the value of their words. They don't know how important they are, or they think the quantity of their words are more important than the quality of their words. And now I'm not here tonight to to poke, scientifically speaking, the amount of words a woman says will always be more than what a man says. That's science tonight, but we understand, I'm not not picking on that tonight, but an unlearned heart says, I have to say something, even if I don't have to. I, I, I've got to say it even though the Holy Spirit is saying be quiet. I have to say something. They think the quantity of their words. And sometimes, I wrote this down, sometimes the worst thing you can do is speak when nothing needs to be said. I, I've got to say something. <laughs> I, I went and got my hair cut last week and TR was in there with me and the lady had cuts her hair uh, I walked in and she said, hello, how are you? I said, we're doing good, how are you? She said, somebody came through here not too long ago and they was talking about you. I said, oh really? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> what did they have to say? And she said, well, it wasn't nothing bad. <laughs> she said, but they they, they said that, that you are a very quiet person until you get behind the pulpit. And they said, and then it's as if you're a different person they they said it's hard to get five words out of you. They said, but when you get behind the pulpit, it is something else. I said, who said that? She said, you know what? I, I can't remember. <laughs> I said, yeah, she ain't up, giving up her sources. <laughs> But tonight, he said, Preacher, where does that come from? Well, some of it, no doubt, is probably my personality. But I remember being a younger man. I mean, I'm talking about my teenager, early years. And I didn't get it from the Bible, per se, directly. I got it from Abraham Lincoln, which probably got it from the Bible. Abraham Lincoln said, It's better to be quiet and everybody think you a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I remember hearing that as a young boy. I said, Man, that sticks out. All I got to do is be quiet, and people won't think I'm smart That seems rather easy. (laughs) But we see tonight, it's a biblical truth tonight, not just being quiet, but knowing when and how and where and what to say. And then sometimes realizing this particular situation does not need my words. But a, a heart that lacks understanding doesn't see it that way. A heart that lacks understanding it says, I have to say something. And here's an interesting thing. There is one, I mean, there may be more times, but there is one point here in Proverbs 17 that even a fool can be counted wise. Look at verse number 28. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is what? Counted wise. Now, is he wise? No. no he's a fool. He's rejected truth. But the reality is when they, for a split second, hey, I'm going to be quiet on this. The Bible said they are accounted for wise. And he that sheds his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Now, we are are opposite of that, right? Our our natural inclination is to prove my understanding, to prove my knowledge by the words I say. Right, I've got to say something so you know how smart I am. I'm going to use a big word. I'm going I'm to use a, a rather complex vocabulary. I've got some interesting jargon that I've got to say. Right? We, we, we impress, and then you end up using the, the word in the wrong way. And then it was like, he, he ain't got no sense. <laughs> How many of y'all like the doctrine of photosynthesis? See? <laughs> some of you are like, is that a doctrine? <laughs> That's science. But notice here tonight, verse 1, it's the only time a fool is counted wise is when he keeps his mouth shut. we're going to see tonight, this isn't a call to be silent, to never say a word again, but rather to ask God for understanding. God, lead me in my conversation. Lead me in my daily talk so I can be effective for you. I don't want to just spout off at the mouth and say things because I know it could actually be detrimental. It could cause a problem. To choose your words wisely because they have great effect, sometimes the best answer is no answer, or even a let me get back to you with that. See, but that attacks us in our pride, because somebody asks us a question, and we're thinking, if I don't immediately know the answer, they're going to think that I'm not as smart as I really am, or that I, I, they they are going to, they're going to think less of me. Can I say I'd much rather wait for the right answer than to just accept the wrong answer because somebody said it? Right, we've got to realize that, that if we don't know, the, most, the, the smartest thing we can do, the wisest thing we can do is say, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I'll pray about that. I'll study that. I'll get back with you with that. And here's the thing, if they say, well, I ain't got time to wait. Well, then you really don't want the right answer. Sometimes you're going to have to wait for the answer, amen? But we see it tonight, the, the unlearned heart, it lacks discernment, and this is showing again through the words. It's amazing how many times when we look at the heart and you look at words, how they are tied together in the book of Proverbs, right? Because you can tell a lot by a person just by their words. I wrote this down somewhere in here. It said, don't, don't cause an overdraft because you've got to give everybody your two cents. Sometimes you need to hold on to it. A penny saved is a penny earned, right? (laughs) We see sometimes, and that that requires discernment tonight, but an unlearned heart says, I've got to say something. Right, it's interesting. (laughs) And we looked at Peter's life, and Peter has a, he had this habit of putting his foot in his mouth, right, of saying things that weren't necessarily needed at the moment. Lord, I've got a great idea. This is a wonderful experience. Let's build three tabernacles right here. No, it's not what we're going to do, Peter. Right, but at the same time, he studied Peter later on in his life, right, his preaching, and it's as if he allowed the Lord to work in him and his speech becomes more effective. Let me ask you, are you one who uses your words wisely or are you just one who has to talk to talk? So we see number one tonight, an unlearned heart lacks discernment. Notice number two tonight, an unlearned heart will make lamentable Decisions. <laughs> Ms. Becky asked me this afternoon, she said, what are you preaching on? I gave her my point. She said, that's, that's a pretty big word there. Lamentable, regrettable, right? Wrong decisions. You ever heard the saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. In essence, tonight, I didn't learn what I was supposed to learn. There was something I should have picked up. There was something I should have understood, but I, for some odd reason... I didn't, and here's the interesting. The second point tonight really builds off the first point. A lack of discernment leads to a lack or a, a bad decision, a lamentable decision. This, it, it builds off. It's not just seen in one's word choice, but it's also seen in one's choices or actions. Now look at verse number 17 tonight of Proverbs 17. The Bible said, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for a That's a wonderful verse, isn't it? How many glad that God has put some friends in your life? They're more than just friends, they're family, right? You share a common bloodline, not, not biologically, but spiritually. God, you, listen tonight, I'm not mad at the family of God. The family of God has been a blessing to me, my wife, my children, not just not when I became a pastor, but in my entire Christian life. I am grateful for the family of God. I'm grateful that God has put some brothers in my life who weren't just there for the good times, weren't just there for the wonderful meetings, but came beside me at the hard times, in the difficult times, and said, listen, I don't know what to do, but I'm willing to walk with you. I'm willing to help you the best way that I can. And I'm thankful for those, but then you get into verse number 18. It said, a man void of understanding striketh hands and become a surety in the presence of his friends. See, a man or a person who lacks understanding or has an unlearned heart can't discern between the two. Which one is a true friend and which one is a fair weather friend? Now, I wish tonight I could stop and say, listen, in your Christian life, everybody's going to be the right kind of friend. But how many know tonight that's just simply not true? There are some, they will be friendly, but their end result is not Right. In essence, they are there, and your friendship to them and their friendship to you is not built on spiritual things, but rather it is built on something that you have that they want. And they will say everything you want to say you hear, they will do everything, and it seems right, but they are simply there to manipulate and get something. Out of you. That's what we find here in verse number 18. A man that is void of understanding will become friends with somebody he ought not to be friends with. And he may not recognize it in the beginning, but even so, he allows it to get to a place and to make a decision that is going to affect him a lot longer than he anticipates. So preacher, how in the world do I discern those? How in the world do I know the difference? Knowledge. Understanding. Right. <laughs> if you don't understand what's going on here in verse number 18, there is a debt that has been accrued. There is one who owns a, or owes a debt to a creditor, and they do not have the ability to pay it. Now, we don't know how the debt was accrued. We don't know what caused it. But this man the Bible calls a friend has gone to a man of, who is void or lacks understanding and says, hey, man, we're, we're friends, right? Yeah, man, we're buddies, we're, we're good. Well, listen, man, I, I done got into some financial trouble. I done spent more money than I have that I can pay. I've signed checks that I can't cash. And the unlearned man says, well, man, That's terrible. And the, the man who's accrued the debt says, well, now listen, if, if, if the spaces or if the, if the roles were flip-flopped, if you were the one that owed money, I'd tell you right now, I'd be there helping you out. I'd be there paying it all for you. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing. Well, preacher, how, how do you get in this? Maybe they use gaslighting, right? If it was the other way around, I would do that for you. And if, I'm, if I was be willing to do that for you, then you ought to be willing to do it for me. We're friends, right? Maybe it was through cornering. Got him in the corner somewhere. Now, listen, if you're really my friend, then you'd be willing to do this because that's what real friends do. It's, it's always, now, one of the things you got to understand, this comes with understanding, it comes with discernment. Anytime somebody is forcing you into a corner, Right, and they are, they are leading the conversation. They are, they are they're pointing in this direction. They are using guilt. They are using gaslighting. They are using any kind of form of manipulation to get something out of you. Mark it down, they're not your friend. All right, I'm not saying you go out here and you look at everybody like, you my friend? <laughs> Preacher said, you're probably gonna gaslight me. You ain't my friend. But this is where understanding comes in. Right, because the devil ain't dumb. He don't mind putting somebody in your life because here's the thing, whether you like to admit it or not, we all like having friends. And the Bible wouldn't teach us how to have one if we weren't supposed to have them. And the Bible wouldn't say that there's there's such things as good friends if we weren't supposed to have them. But we see here tonight that not every friend in your life is going to be a spiritual friend. They see something in you that they want from you or they know that you have something that they want. You know, it's just like when someone wins the lottery. All of a sudden, they've got family coming out of everywhere. You know, you're my second cousin, eight times removed, I think, but I, I really need your help. Whatever the tactic they have got you to agree to help them. But notice what happens here in verse number 18. He strikes hands with the creditor. Right? In essence, he, he shakes hands with the creditor in front of the witness of his friend. Ah, listen, he's such a good friend. If, if, if it was me that owed the money, he said he'd help me out. I'll help him out. In the moment you make that deal, Right, moments you, you through a lack of understanding, discernment, agree to do something merely for their benefit, they will not let you forget it. Right, they're going to hold you to a higher standard than they hold themselves. You said, you said, you said. And then you're going to realize that was a decision I shouldn't have made. That was a choice that I shouldn't agree to. And now, because... You're in this position. Now you're dealing with something that you didn't want to deal with. And now you're between a rock and a hard place. So preacher, how do I avoid that understanding, wisdom, knowledge? In essence, Lord, I pray that every friend that comes into my life would be of the will of God. They'll help me serve you more They'll edify me, they'll encourage me, they'll strengthen me, and we'll be able to join hands and do something for the glory of God. And Lord, if they ain't it, make it clear to me. Let, let, me, let me keep my distance. Lord, I don't want to be ugly, but Lord, let me keep my distance. Because Lord, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to make a decision out of a lack of discernment that affects me far more than I'd realize it would. Let me ask you, are you willing to seek understanding? so that you won't be taken advantage of. We see number two, an unlearned heart will make lamentable decisions. And notice number three tonight. An unlearned heart can cause lasting derailments. An unlearned heart can cause lasting der- 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 derailments. I derailed that word right there. Look at verse number 21. The Bible said, He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow. And the father of a fool hath no sorrow. Joy. I remember years ago hearing a parent say that they had, they did not have the time to be concerned with everything that was influencing their child. I, I just don't have enough time to be concerned about that. And you ever? Sometimes people say things and they just don't sit well with me, right? And they that, that don't make no sense. And I got to think about it. they may not be concerned, but I'm sure Satan is with what is allowing to be influenced in their child. You've got to realize in the generation that we live in, <laughs> there was a day and a time in our country where if you was going to go into sin, you had to go somewhere to do it. It wasn't just readily accessible within your house. But nowadays, sin is on, not just on every corner, not just, just about every store, but it's already in just about every home, the potential to do so. And we see it tonight that that as parents, not just as parents, but as the generation that is raising the next generation and influencing the next generation, we have to realize tonight that if you and I are walking around in ignorance and unlearned and a lack of understanding, it very well may cause a lasting derailment in the next generation. Go read the book of Judges. They raised up a generation who knew nothing about the conquest, knew nothing about the Red Sea, knew nothing about what God had done through Moses and Joshua. And from then on out, it is up and down in the history of Israel. Why? Wow, there was one generation removed from Joshua. What are we going to do? There was a, they're not saying Joshua was ignorant, but there was a generation that was raised unlearned and untaught and how quickly they got off into sin how quickly they got off into idol worship and things like that. But here's the thing. I wrote this down, and it's a tough statement, but I think it's right. I wrote this down. I said, fools aren't born, they're raised. Fools aren't born, they're raised. So preacher, what do you mean by that? Sometimes they're raised by example. In essence, they are being raised by a fool. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean it as one who is living a life of rejecting the truth. They they know what is right. They have heard what is right. And they have made that conscious choice to reject that. And now they are raising a generation up or a child up in that rejection. Right, and sometimes they're, they're, they're raised by example. How many glad tonight that God is gracious and God is merciful? Maybe you were raised in the home of a fool. You didn't grow up going to church. You didn't grow up going to Sunday school. You didn't grow up singing in the choir. You didn't grow up with a preaching daddy. You didn't grow up and all those kind of things. And yet God saved you by, I'm glad this this evening tonight that God can break generational curses. And if there's anybody that says, you know what, I ain't going to raise no fool, it is us that have been saved by the grace of God. Now, I got to expound on it. Some raised are raised by example. Some are raised by abandonment. The person who was supposed to teach them the lack of understanding to fill that role, they, they lack the understanding to fill that role and left that child to themselves. I mean, I know, preacher, I know right, preacher, and I believe right. I'm gonna let them make their own choice. Well, why don't you just let them get in the car and go wherever they want to go? Well, preacher, because they're eight years old, they're not allowed to do that. You're gonna leave them to themselves, leave them to themselves all across the board. Don't cook dinner for them, let them figure it out for themselves. Don't buy them, don't buy them clothes, let them figure it out for themselves. <laughs> It's amazing when you take people's ideas and you align them to work, they make no sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. Matter of fact, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen says, the rod of reproof gives wisdom. Matter of fact, listen, if you've got a mama and daddy in here and it may have been painful and it may not have always been done exactly how it was supposed to be done, but if you had a mama and daddy who were willing to snatch you up and discipline you and say, you ain't gonna act like that, you, <laughs> I love you too much, so let you act like a fool. We're gonna deal with this. You ought to stop and give God thanks tonight. <laughs> Someone was willing to snatch you up. In the moment, I didn't like any spanking that I got. But as a 33-year-old man, I sure am glad I got my fair share of them. And I might have got some that I probably, I probably didn't deserve, but I probably did. <laughs> and I decided to learn from them anyways. But the Bible says, rod and reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. In essence, a child is not to be left to themselves. They are to be taught. They are to be trained. They are to be brought up. They are to be, in essence, encouraged and strengthened. And you say, well, preacher, that's your job. No, can I say, mom and daddy, that is your job. Now, what happens at the house ought to go hand in hand with what happens at the house of God. In essence, tonight, what is coming from the pulpit ought to line up with what's coming in at the house. Because we have the same Bible, we have the same God, we have the same Holy Spirit tonight. If you want a (laughs) preacher, I want a preacher that stands on truth. Amen. Can I say as a preacher, I want mom and daddy who are going to stand on the truth. That's going to make the difference tonight. But a child of themselves bringeth his mother to say, so some fools are raised by example, and then some fools are raised by abandonment. But a parent with an understanding heart, who has stopped and said, Lord... Thank you for this child. And I understand this child is more than a tax credit. I understand this child is more than just a a dependent that I can claim at the end of the year. But God, you have placed me in a role that has great weight and great severity and great responsibility. God, give me a heart of understanding so I can raise my youngin' right and teach them right. A parent with an understanding heart realizes the importance of their calling. (laughs) It's one of those, preacher, God didn't call me to be a mom and dad. He gave you one, he did. (laughs) Oh my, that that thought just crossed my mind. There's a lot of preachers running from their calling. There's a lot of mom and daddies running from theirs too. But a child, or excuse me, a a, a parent with an understanding heart, and when I say parent, I'm not just saying... uh, Those of us that have children, but also those of us who are looking back down at the the next generation. Preacher, I'm a grandpa. I'm a grandma. You've got a calling. Your grandchildren may be in the home of a fool. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to call your kids, grand, your grandkids, or your kids fools tonight. But they're in a home where the truth is not preached, it is not taught. They don't know the love of God, and yet God has allowed you, and you understand tonight that you have a great responsibility. We look at Timothy, and Timothy was a young man of faith, and he was Paul's understudy, and he he pastored a church and did a great work for God. Where did he learn about faith? His mom and his grandma. A faith that was delivered unto him. A parent of understanding heart will realize the importance of their calling to impart knowledge and wisdom to their children. Now tonight, even if you did that perfectly, which I don't think any of us have. (laughs) Oh, I love, now I I know I preach tonight that I'm against generational curse how God can break them. But I do believe in one generational curse. If your name is Taten, you will be a middle child. We are two generations into it. My name is Tate. I'm a middle child. My son's name is Tate. He's a middle child. And uh, it's up to you, T-R, to break the generational curse. <laughs> but we see here tonight that I have no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, as, yeah, as parents, even if we did it perfectly, which none of us have, Right, we we learned we learned on the first one, took it out on the second one, and everything after the middle child was just grace. <laughs> oh. Amen. My, my my mom has a picture of my brother, a picture of my sister, and she won't have a single picture of me in her house. Really, preaching? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won. I, I'm her favorite child. She won't come out and say it. But I, I know her heart. Preacher, how do you know that? Because (laughs) I gave her grandkids. And so, but notice here tonight, even if we did it perfectly, we still may face the reality of verse number 25. Look at verse number 25. A foolish son is a grief to his father, in bitterness to her that bear him. Now, I want to say tonight that there is a difference between a fool and a foolish son. There's a difference between a fool and a foolish person. A fool is one who has made that conscious decision to absolutely reject God, have nothing to do with wisdom, nothing to do with truth. But even those of us that are saved by the grace of God, we could probably raise our hands and how many of us have ever done some foolish things? Oh, we are saved by the grace of God. We believe the Bible to be true. We tithe, we go to church, we go to Sunday school. But every now and again, we sure do act a little foolish, don't we? And so we realize that even as a parent who is understanding, who invests and teaches and trains, your children, as much as you love them, may make some foolish choices. So a preacher, what's the difference between those things? Because even when they make a foolish choice, we understand, Proverbs 26, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are, or when he is old, I looked that word up, when he's aged, when he's aged, when he's when he's when he's past adolescence, he's past probably his twenties or his thirties. When there's a point of his life where where he finally comes to understand it, man, my mom and daddy was right. They were a lot smarter than I gave them credit for, and they begin to realize those things. I've been acting foolish in that sense. Train a child the they go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. That doesn't mean that they'll, ever make, they'll never make a mistake. They will never ever act foolishly. But you know down deep in your heart, Lord, I sought you. Lord, I prayed. Lord, I, 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 I sought wisdom. And Lord, I did my dead level best to instill it in my child. And can I say, those foolish days are going to be difficult. Those foolish days are going to be hard. right? The Bible said right there, a foolish son is a grief to his father. There's going to come a day in my life, and I, listen, I, none of my kids are adults, <laughs> whether they think they are sometimes or not. Right, they are not adults now, but I understand there's going to come a stage in my life where that little baby that I held in the hospital will become an adult. And they may do some things that absolutely grieve me. And they absolutely cause bitterness to their mama. Not that she becomes bitter, but it just it stings in that sense. And so my heart as a, a father now is, Lord, help me to teach them and train them that way. Even in the midst of their foolishness, they'll know what's right. They'll know what is truth. And Lord, I'll be waiting on you to work in their heart, to draw them back. An unlearned heart can cause lasting derailments. I'd much rather raise a kid who knows the truth but still might act foolish than to raise a fool? Are you willing to forsake ignorance and pursue knowledge so that you might pass it on to the next generation tonight? We see in the wicked heart last week tonight, we see an unlearned heart. An unlearned heart can make a lamentable decision. An unlearned heart lacks discernment. An unlearned heart can cause a lasting derailment. It is where you began. It's where I began. But it ought not to be where we stay. We ought to say, Lord, give me understanding. Lord, give me knowledge. God, give me truth. God, give me wisdom. Because I don't want to walk around in ignorance. I want to walk around in knowledge and truth tonight. Let's pray. to Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this evening. Thank you for being so good.